ladies. Hi. <laughs> How's everyone doing this week? Doing well. She's fair. Doing well, says the early birthday girl. Oh, happy <laughs> oh, birthday. She's going to party this week, let me tell ya. Dude. Oh, yeah. Dante and I, we're going to get wild, eating snacks in bed. Love that for you. So exciting. Yeah. Big Another support. The big, the big 21 birthday. Yeah. Yep. That's me. You can finally drink. Yep. But not right At now, last. Kylie, because quarantine. Yeah. Yep. Stay home. Ugh. We got to be healthy. But such a happy birthday, you guys. Ugh. One of our goals. If you see the girl on the gram, tell her happy B day. It's on Friday. Yeah. Thank you, you angels. You angel goals. Mm. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> uh, well, we've got we've got an exciting ep today. Yes, it's we been do. a minute since a ghoul talk, so we said, let's freaking go for it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I think our friend Kylie's gonna take it away with an extra spooky one. Yes. Yeah. This one, honestly, extra spooky because I'm extra old. <laughs> so a lie. And this is from our good friend Joshua. So how does one really write an email describing events and places and the supernatural encounters without sounding like a crazy person? These are the questions, right? Uh, Yes, Joshua. These are the questions. (laughs) So I guess I should start in my childhood. I was living in Longview, Texas for a good amount of years. My family was living in an old house next to a church and woods. My first experience happened when I was seven. One day, I arrived home from school and realized my parents hadn't made it home yet. I remember sitting in front of the house in the yard for at least an hour. All of a sudden, and out of nowhere, a woman was standing on the front porch in front of the door. She had on a white dress, and she had long, dark hair, and she was staring right at me. I remember not knowing what to do and obviously being terrified because I had no idea what to make of it. When my parents finally arrived, I kept it to myself. As the nights went on, I would start to hear loud wailing sounds as if someone were in torment. So I'd run to my parents' bedroom and tell them. They'd always be confused and just make me sleep in their room, but I would still hear it along with whispers and voices. Then one night while I was asleep, I awoke because I felt something hit me in the back pretty hard, and yet my back was to the wall and there was nobody behind me. Another time, my brother, out of nowhere, started choking and went blue before catching his breath. Just a series of odd events. These odd events began to escalate. One time, I was sitting in a room, and I suddenly saw a hovering red ball suspended about two feet off the ground and it was flashing along with a, almost an electrical-sounding whirring noise, like static. Uh, alien? Right? I'm like, uh, this sounds like Twin Peaks to me, uh. that, that one scene. <laughs> a few nights later, I woke from, yet again, wailing noises and ran to my parents' room. But as I left my room, standing in front of me was a figure that was a bit translucent, with a glowing outline, but with two very distinct eyes. I was immediately scared and decided to go a different route 
to my parents' bedroom. But when I turned, there was another very similar figure standing in the way. I remember realizing my paths were blocked, and I just started screaming. (laughs) They disappeared as my father ran into the room. When in doubt, scream it out. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Fast forward to when I was 12. My family decided to move back to Pennsylvania. Before moving, we were driving down the road in a station wagon. My dad was in crutches from a broken leg, so my mom was driving, and my youngest brother was in a baby seat. Suddenly, a tractor-trailer truck came straight at us. My mom froze. She says she felt something jerk the steering wheel to the right, and the car just barely missed the truck. However, the car went into a spin, went backwards through a wooden fence, down a large hill, and launched backwards into a lake. I remember we were all freaking out, and we were holding on to this semi-floating car that was submerged in the water. I remember looking back at the shore to see people gathering and pointing. A tall man swam out to get each of us out of the water. When we tried to find out who he was to thank him, he had disappeared. We had never found out his name. Once we were settled in Pennsylvania, my parents started a church. It was around this time that I started having many weird dreams, getting weird feelings in rooms and feeling like figures were next to me. I started to see the same woman in different places. I once saw her appear sitting in a parked car by her house, by our house. (laughs) Another time, I'd see her in the yard, or I would see her in my dreams. Each time this happened, it started to feel more real than the last time. And it was odd that it felt that way because I thought my experiences would have ended at our Longview home in Texas. One night, My grandparents were on their way from Texas to stay with my family for a little while. The night before their arrival, I had this bizarre dream of a woman. Not the dark-haired woman. This was a different woman. But some woman, I remember, from family ties. In the dream, she was laughing and cursing a gigantic container of cocoa. And then she looked at me menacingly. The next day, my grandparents arrived. And the first thing they did was set a box on the table. First thing I took out of the box was a canister of cocoa. (laughs) I freaked out and told my mom. She laughed, but I persisted, and she finally threw it out. It's important to add that the cocoa was a gift from the woman in the dream. Like, Joshua's family actually knew this woman, and she sent some gifts for them, and the cocoa was in the box. What? I, no, thank you. Okay. (laughs) I apologize for missing that part. It's probably too scary for me. (laughs) (laughs) As the years went by, I had various odd coincidences and more dreams. We eventually moved our house in Delphus, Ohio. Our first day in the house, a kid on a bicycle rode by and said, Damn, you moved into the haunted house. I brushed it off, but then about two nights into living there, we had an occurrence. My family was asleep and my brother and I, we shared a room. We decided to leave the door cracked open between our room and our other siblings' room. It's important to note that we had a box fan in the window. It was not on. Suddenly, there was a loud screaming coming from the other room. 
We woke up and then we heard a loud thump. The door flung open and my brother yelled, what just ran across my legs? (laughs) Then the box fan started spinning as if someone turned it on. Then it slowly stopped. It took us a week to get my youngest brother to tell us why he had screamed. He said that he had saw bloody hands coming out of the ceiling and a dark creature-like figure dropped to the floor while holding a large knife. Uh-uh. What? Again, no, thank no. you. And, it's, and then something crawled across them? Yeah, the brother felt something crawl crawl across his leggies. While he saw this creature fall from the sky with a knife. It's messed up. This is a movie. I know. When my dad came running up the stairs, the figure ran through our bedroom and out the window. Turns out, this house had once been the crime scene of a murder within a satanic cult. (gasps) And there had been someone killed in our bedroom. (gasps) Oh, no. There was even a large section of linoleum flooring over a spot on the floor. Apparently the spot where they had died. We moved. (laughs) Good. Smart. Yeah. My family eventually decided to move back to Texas, and my interest in the unknown continued to grow. One night, I dreamt that I was on a loud bus. The bus driver asked, hey, where are you headed? I replied, I didn't know. Then I looked out the window, and I recognized the road from central Pennsylvania, and I hadn't seen this road since childhood. I said, I'm heading to go see my friend Russ. I hadn't seen my friend Russ in five years. I was now about 19 years old, and I had no clue where Russ lived. In the dream, the bus driver asked, where does he live? I looked out the window again, and I could see a house over a hill that had construction going on. Next to it was a marching band. I said, that's his house. Turn left at the hot dog shop in the car dealership. All of a sudden, all of the commotion and noise on the bus quieted, and the bus driver replied, okay. The dream ended, but I had this exact same dream four nights in a row, so I started to feel unnerved about it. I worked up some courage and found a current phone number for Russ. I called him up, and we chatted for a bit before I asked if I could tell him about this weird dream I had been having. He immediately began to cry. He told me that his girlfriend had broken up with him, and he was considering suicide that very day. He said he had just moved into a house that was next to the road that I was on in my dream, between a hot dog shop and a car lot, and the field next to his house was a construction zone. And at the very moment he and I were on the phone together, a marching band was marching down his street. Wow. Right? That's some power. You've got some power. Many premonitions here. I told him I'd be back in Pennsylvania within two weeks, and I moved back. Once living back in Pennsylvania, I definitely started to experience more strange events, seeing shadow figures, one at the foot of my bed, using its fingers to twirl through a friend's hair. Another time, in an ex-girlfriend's house, I kept seeing a woman saying, I am here. I had various dreams and experiences on and off. It was about this time in my life where I went on the road selling textiles and jewelry from all over the world. 
As I did so, I made many friends with merchants and performers. One day, I was invited to live on what sounded like an amazing, self-sufficient farming commune in the highest mountain in West Virginia. So naturally, I went. I arrived at a massive old barn that had recently been converted into a beautiful home. So I was feeling great. Life was exciting. I was milking goats and building cabins for rabbits and chickens. But then things began to get weird. One time, one of the elders at this place asked me to sit at a table across from another elder who told me he was going to assess my health. He stared at me for a good 20 minutes. He then drew an outline of a human figure and started coloring in different areas on the body. Seconds later, the same elder walked over, I'm guessing this is the original elder that told him to sit down, walked over and told me each ailment or thing that I had been having issues with, including bronchitis that I'd struggled with for a while. He nailed everything perfectly. From there, they fed me only foods they decided were good for me. Again, everything seemed amazing until I started having more experiences. I would hear voices in rooms where there were no people. I would see movement when there was no one in the room. I noticed statues around the house that people would do little dances in front of and put food in front of as an offering. I decided to be introduced slowly to their beliefs, which were a mix of voodoo and black magic and loose paganism. Still, at the time, I thought nothing of it. One night, my duty was to keep the fire going throughout the night but I fell asleep on the couch during the shift. In a dream, I suddenly saw myself in the middle of this room. All of the residents from the commune were in a circle around me, holding hands and chanting. Outside of the circle, I saw the figure of an elderly woman screaming and trying to get through and into the circle. She looked at me and told me I should not be there. I woke startled, still on the couch in a cold sweat. At this point, I felt like something was off. Finally, one night, we were sitting at the dining hall table, and I decided to leave. The main elder says that, said that whatever we do, even if the law prohibits it, if we deem it acceptable, then it is acceptable to this family. He said, even human sacrifice is acceptable if we as a family decide on it. So at around 4 a.m., I ran into the woods until I found two bars of service on my cell phone, and I called a friend to come to a nearby town to get me. I then told the commune that I had to leave for a family emergency, to which they said, this is your family now, and you can only be asked to be with us. If you leave, you may never return. To this day, I wonder whatever happened to those people. (laughs) That same day, I got an email from a friend who was in a punk band, And he asked if, by any chance, would I want to move to Pittsburgh? Odd, since I had no idea what I was going to do after leaving the commune, and then there was this phone call. I moved to Pittsburgh two days later, and I've been in this area ever since. Over the past few years here, I've had a variety of experiences. The most recent is one that involves the woman with the dark hair, again. The beginning of last year, I was going through a particularly not fun breakup, and it was very confusing and frustrating. One night, my ex asked to meet up. I agreed and performed a little magic in my room, which was, don't let me be dragged into being hurt or harmed again. When I arrived to meet my ex, 
She was in a weird mood, and she said she had a horrific dream. She dreamt that in her dream, she was asleep, but awake, and that a woman with dark hair, to which she described the figure I've always seen, Tuati, grabbed her by the throat and pushed her into a vulnerable position onto her knees. She awoke when I arrived at her house. This gave me the chills, and that same night I dreamt of the woman trying to keep my ex and I apart. This is an insanely long email, but merely touching on some of my experiences. I will say it's good to share experiences because I think we all have many stories we can't explain completely, or stories of the supernatural. So to add more mystery to this thing I call my weird-ass life, I was randomly talking with my mother recently, and she told me that when I was born in Israel, this woman started coming over to the house asking if she could babysit me. She would call all the time, insisting on watching me. Eventually, my parents told her to leave or to stop because they didn't know her. But she started leaving sticks and symbols and animal bones on the porch and in front of our door. No clue what those things mean at this point, but something to note as they could be related. Thank you for reading my stories. I'm a fan of your podcast very much and have enjoyed listening to each episode. I look forward to more. Stay healthy during this pandemic and stay spooky. XOXO, Joshua. You are a sensitive man, Joshua. Joshua. My goodness. Wow. Also, burying the lead with that spooky woman who was leaving offerings on their porch until the very end, I would say that probably has something to do with your life experience. Yep. <laughs> if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Also, where haven't you lived, Joshua? Yeah. Good question. It was like move after move. Wild, 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 wild. I'm sufficiently spooked, especially by the the commune activity. Yeah. Do you think they sacrificed any humans? It's a good cue. Good lord. Wow. Woof. I've got a I've got a little spooky one from Joan. Ooh. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. Joan says, okay, my gorgeous ghouls, here's my story. I hope you don't mind, but I feel I need to set the scene for the main spooky event way back in the mid-1980s when I was just a snip of a girl trying to get a foothold <laughs> in the theater world. I got a job as an assistant stage manager for a summer theater company located in the woodsy rolling hills of Woodstock, New York. Yes, the Woodstock, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just a side note, I have a friend who lives in Woodstock and it looks super dreamy and she's a photographer and everything she posts is so beautiful so i want to go to woodstock but anyway joan goes on to say our company had rented a collection of arts and crafts style buildings just outside of town which at the turn of the 20th century had been founded as an arts colony where painters sculptors and writers lived and worked in a grand utopian commune the first (laughs) summer we were there the buildings had been vacant for maybe 10 years or so And though a bit shabby, we found them very comfortable and inviting in their lovely mountain forest setting. We created the theater space in what had been the main art studio, which we divided into three areas, the stage auditorium, the lobby, and the backstage dressing room. In order to lock up the building at night, two people made the rounds of closing all the outside doors before finally leaving through a single door in the dressing room area. This night, myself and the company manager had the task of locking up. 
Things were going along routinely, and throughout the lockup, the company manager was chattering on at a high energy about her boyfriend troubles, which really wasn't that interesting to me, so I tuned her out rather quickly. When we got to the lobby, she was still talking away while struggling to chain up the double doors, which led to the outside patio. She was maybe 10 feet away, and I faced her with my back to a doorway another 10 feet away, which led into the now darkened theater. All of a sudden, I got the strangest sensation of someone looking at me from behind, and I immediately turned around as quick as I could to see a black shadow that had been apparently standing in the doorway leap up to its left and disappear into the darkness of the theater. I just stood Mm. there for a solid minute trying to digest what I had seen, a black shape jumping up in front of an equally black background. It wasn't shaped like a person, but was more rectangular and really flew up and away from me as soon as it saw me look at it. I had no feelings of fear or danger, but rather amazement that maybe I had just seen a ghost and it appeared that I had scared it away. My friend at the door was still blabbering on and had no clue what I had just experienced. Throughout the summer, other members of the company had experiences kind of like mine having strong feelings of being watched while sewing costumes in the dressing room, to sensing a presence on the staircase in the main house where we all lived. We figured the spirits had been alone for so long that they were curious who was suddenly disturbing their peaceful existence, but ultimately decided we were cool and didn't get nasty or violent and left us to our own business. Our theater company came back for three more summers with no further incidents. This was my first significant otherworldly experience, and after hearing some of the other stories you've told, I truly appreciate the fact that it was fun and curious rather than scary and threatening. That's my ghost story. I hope you enjoyed it. I love your podcast. You ladies are simply adorable and have been great company for me during these isolating times. All my best, Joan. Wow. Joan. What was that? Also, why are theaters always haunted? I What's love the a deal? haunted theater. I was going to mm-hmm. say I'm jealous of the job. Same. You know? It sounds lovely. I mean, the theater itself sounds lovely. Like, what an idyllic location. Mm-hmm. Woodstock is super artsy and just beautiful. Sounds freaking dreamy, Joan, if you ask me. Yeah. And haunted. Haunty. All right, we have one from Matthew. You ready for it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Matthew says, hey, ghouls. So I have a spooky story to tell. In my old house, we would always hear footsteps across the upstairs bedroom, along with pictures falling from time to time. When my dad passed away, we moved to a new house. The house wasn't as creepy, but I would occasionally see things out of the corner of my eye. One time being a hand wrapping around the corner of the wall, but was gone when I looked again. That's a big no. Mm -hmm. I hate ghostly hands. I mean, yeah, get out of here. But, you know, no. next time run up and just slam it in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, catch it while it's hot. Bada bing, bada boom. Matthew says, my girlfriend at the time moved in with me, and for a while, it was just the two of us. One night, she woke up screaming bloody murder, frantically climbing up away from the foot of the bed. I asked what happened, and she asked if there was anyone else in the room with us looking at the corner of the room. 
She said something was over in the corner floating and had rushed hmm. over and had rushed over to the bed right above her, slim, similar to the tooth fairy in Darkness Falls. She had, <laughs> she said it was green and looked like a man. She had mentioned your podcast episode 65 talked about green auras and remembered the incident that from that night. Hmm. Wow. Matthew. I don't remember what the deal was with green auras. I know we had an episode where there were several entities that had green auras and we were like, wait, what's happening right now? Why has everyone got a green aura? Yeah. Grora. Grora. (laughs) Grora. Same. That's what we'll call it. Honestly, though, Matthew, the spooky hand, I will tell you guys why I don't fuck with spooky hands. And I might have told you all this before, but I had this recurring nightmare as a child that this big spooky white hand would come out from underneath the bed and grab me and take me under and put me into like a pit of spiders and worms. (gasps) Mm -mm. So spooky hands have never set well with me for real did you ever watch that that um disney channel movie the boogeyman don't look under the bed oh yeah yeah that's what it's called (laughs) yes i uh we have disney plus and it's on there and i've been like kind of afraid to watch it because it it brought up spooky memories i feel like it was a kid too so That guy's under Disney the bed. Plus slaps, taking so. people under there. Yes. Uh-uh. And I was having no, dreams you. like before that movie. So then I saw that movie and I was like, fuck. <laughs> Traumatizing. Truly <sighs> traumatized. But what can I what say? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Kylie, do? on the other hand, loves hands. So I do. Alyssa actually got me a set of. Um, very small hand soap, soap in the shape of hands a few years ago. And they're here with me in Salem. I'm afraid to use them because then they're so cute. They're very cute. You know what? I'm going to use, I'm going to take one out and use it. And I suppose it's just going to get smaller and smaller, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be the tiniest hand. Uh, we can share a picture of the hands yes. with you guys. Cause they're so cute. I got them yeah. at one of my favorite little shops in new Orleans for anyone who is looking to shop small right now. They're yes. called uh, Miet, M-I-E-T-T-E, and they have all sorts of really cute everything, pins, patches, cute jewelry, all sorts of stuff, and funny hand soap. So yes, a cute small business that you can re- support. Truly one of the greatest gifts. Truly. We love it. And send all your gifts to Kylie on Friday because it's her birthday. <laughs> don't forget, okay? Because I'll fight you. Okay. There you go. Here to heard it here don't, first. Don't you do heard it. it here first. Wish the girl a happy birthday. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.